Welcome to the Steelers Depot live stream here on this Monday, November 20th. Uh, I am Alex Kazora. As always, joining me is Dave Bryan here for the next hour until 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and unfortunately, it's not a victory Monday for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they come off the 13-10 loss to the Cleveland Browns on Sunday, dropping Pittsburgh to 6-4 and four on the season, third place in the AFC North, so probably a lot of concerns about the state of this team, the offense, its quarterback, its OC, and just about everything else. So we'll try to answer as many questions as we can tonight. Dave, how you doing? Thanks for being here. I am hanging in there, trying to get through the rest of the uh, offense of all 22. Is everybody able to hear us okay? I know it kind of cut in. It seemed like this feed kind of cut in kind of late for me here, but uh, is everybody hearing everything okay? Yeah, Seeing let me everything know. Okay? If audio sounds okay, make sure there's no static or robot noise or nothing that's not coming through. Chat, if you guys could do that, then we'll uh, get to the questions and uh, start talking about this game and answering as much as we can. As you guys see on screen right now, old friend Miles Jack returning to the Pittsburgh Steelers officially today, signed the practice squad. Also joining him, veteran safety Eric Rowe, as Pittsburgh dealing with safety injuries too. Minka Fitzpatrick, Keanu Neal, and Elijah Riley. Riley placed on IR today. Chat says the audio is good, so we'll uh, get started here in just one second. If you guys could like the stream, like the channel, subscribe as well. would really appreciate that. And uh, be sure to get your questions in as soon as possible. If you want to guarantee of your question being asked and answered by Dave and myself, you can send us a super chat. We'll move to the front of the line. No obligation to do so, but we appreciate all the super chats that we get. Mike Odessa will start. It looks like Jack Jack shoot stuff. Saw that tweet. <laughs> that, that open mic of Miles Jack against the Buccaneers got up uh, the boom boom mark <laughs> boom mic caught him uh, talking about it. Uh, that hurt. That's funny. Go yeah. ahead. Uh, Mike Odessa will lead things off more of just a tongue in cheek comment, but we'll read it all the same. Excuse me, is this where the line starts to complain about Kenny and the offense? LOL. Will there be torches handed out? I'm sure you can get them somewhere in Pittsburgh, Mike, but. Uh, Imagine we'll get a lot of questions on Kenny Pickett, and understandably and rightfully so, in tonight's stream. Uh, the actual question that he has is, after several run-throughs of game tape, who's more to blame on communication issues, Deontay or Kenny? It's wild how off they are. It's like they've never played before. Dave, you've gone through the All-22. Is there a side you would lean towards putting more of the blame on? Uh, yeah, I think you could probably go with uh, with both of them. Uh, have, you know, I haven't e- sat there and equally tried to 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 uh, to give blame. Look on that uh, on that one slant, even over there to the left hand side. I think Kenny thought he was going to stop his route, and Deontay kept running. You know, because uh, there's a defender right there on top of it. There, I, I you know, they're just not on the same page, and I think that's kind of uh, what you got, obviously, from Kenny after the game, and Deontay talked today, and. There's just and you, know, you go back a couple of games ago in the end zone when you know uh, he thought Deontay was going to sit down and you know Deontay uh, just it's it's little things like that. Then obviously uh, you know on one of those deeper balls, I, I think that uh, uh, Deontay sat down. Kenny thought he was going to keep going, so it's it's hard, you know, obviously with not knowing the play call and 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 you know any kind of signals that might have been given or missed or what 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 you know to to sit there. But I I think probably you can divide it out to both of them from what I've seen so far. Yeah, I mean there's site adjustments. It's based on leverage and coverage, and sometimes the one guy reads one thing and and the other reads something else. But it has to get cleaned up. It can't be excused. It happened too often in this game, and I think that was a central issue for the past game struggles. It just felt like they weren't on the same page, and communication was a struggle consistently throughout that game. You could see, and and I, you know, we didn't get privy to. I don't think any footage yet of Deontay getting uh, upset on the sideline, but you could tell by some of his body uh, language, especially on the all twenty-two, that uh, he was getting frustrated as, as as the game went on. Yeah, it's tough to be a wide receiver in this passing game right now. Pickens earlier this year, and now Deontay Johnson. Mutated Genome says, Alex, your scathing article on Kenny Pickett is spot on. If you use a 20-game resume to assess a quarterback's ability to be the future or not, what is it for a head coach? What would it take to see the same type of article for Coach Mike Tomlin? You know, those are 
it's valid to critique and criticize Mike Tomlin. Um, sometimes that could be harder to do on a, on a coach overall because when it's a player, it's a little bit more in your face. You can really point to the actual X's and O's of it all. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could still criticize Tomlin for a variety of reasons. And should this team either not make the playoffs or not win a playoff game, then there's going to be criticism criticism that comes along for that. But there's a bit more of a body of work for Mike Tomlin. Um, and again, it's just a little bit harder to to more concretely critique Mike Tomlin and any coach in this one, but uh, still can be done, still has been done. I've been critical of him before. You guys know me. I don't like, I, I really loathe the never had a losing season stat. I think it's just, it's, it, it drives me up a wall every time that I hear it, and I hear it all the time. Um, so it, certainly there, there's there's a rightness for criticism when it comes to Mike Tomlin. Hey, look, uh, uh, you know, the buck stops with him too, right? You know, uh this is the this was the first game since week one that they had the full complement of of offensive players back. Obviously, getting uh, Pat Fryermuth back, and uh, I thought the offense was going to be better than it than than it's been this year. Obviously, look, I, I didn't think you know Kenny Pickett was going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback or anything like that, and I, I drank a lot of that uh, preseason Kool Aid like a lot of people did. Uh, I just thought overall, you know, with, with the, with the additions, uh, that they had made along with the people that they had returning, that, uh, this was going to be a better offense than it's been. And, you know, here we are, it, it, it has become like the same thing every week, you know, mm -hmm. uh, just a movie just slightly changes every week with this. And, uh, it is, it's quite frustrating to watch on a week to week basis because I mean, a, I mean, and, and it's not unusual to see the same concepts across certain teams and all like that, but some of the stuff that they're, that they're not, that, that they're, that they're not executing right is, is some things that they, they run, a, you know, qu quite frequently. I mean, the screen game, I mean, mm. uh, that's just so infuriating to, 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 to watch. And, uh, look, I mean, the run blocking has obviously gotten a lot better. The ground game's gotten a lot better, uh, and all, but the passing game and, uh, to, to, to know that you're going to go into a game and you already know it before it starts that you're just going to see Kenny try to attack the edges and, and it's going to be a shorter passing game, probably not going to have too many throws to the middle. And that if he only, if he ever gets stuff one-on-one, -on -one, it's going to be a deep shot. You'll see either going to be a back shoulder or something, you know, trying to throw it in the bucket uh, uh, down the rail there. And, you know, it's just the same thing week in week out. And, you know, uh, all that said, yeah, as I told you this morning on the podcast, when it got to that five minute mark, you know, uh, in, in, in the fourth quarter, uh, there, when they, when they started their second to last possession, I, I thought to myself, damn it, they're going to do it again. You know, they're, you know, they're going to pull another one out. You know, they got it to the fourth quarter as ugly as it was, but, uh, and then you fast forward, obviously to those final two drives, uh, I forgot the original question now. I mean, it, it's just, it, it is very frustrating to watch this offense overall. Oh, it's back, back to Tomlin, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and the buck does stop with him. And look, I mean, Matt Canada gets a share with this. Kenny Pickett's play as Alex wrote this morning. Uh, just, it, it hasn't been good at all. And it's something that I highlighted on the podcast for those of you who listen to the podcast, you know, when we went into the weekend, there is watch the third downs and look, Cleveland does have a great defense and you knew it was going to be tough on that but there were some instances in the, uh, in this game where, where it was less than you know third third and five and they're 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 not converting those and as i put out on twitter today man if you're not gonna have be an offense that's registering explosive passing plays you damn sure better be converting your third downs at a more consistent level. And right now they're not doing either one of those two things. And that's why you get what you get right now. Right. I agree with you, Dave. Uh, the last comment I would just make on that in that article, I, I did make some points about Tomlin that he can't just keep kind of dancing around Pickett's miserable performances and talk about the Pickens is getting doubled and the Browns defense is good and all this other kind of stuff. I think all the blame has gone elsewhere other than, where it needs to go in large part, at least that's Kenny Pickett. So there's kind of a an implied and even kind of stated criticism of, of Mike Tomlin in that article that I wrote this morning. And look, he even came in his press conference. Yeah, this game went just the way we thought it would go. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, but then, yo, know, Kenny talks about 
you know, they didn't, you know, they were expecting more man. They got more zone and all like that. Yet Mike Thomas says, yeah, this one went just the way we thought it would go. Well, why don't you do something uh, and, and make sure it goes better for you on your end of things? If, if, if mm-hmm. it indeed, you know, he's just giving lip service is what he's doing. You know, he almost sounded okay with, with how the game went other than them not making a couple plays. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he kind of did. I mean, I think if you just play, you know, cover three, cover two against Pittsburgh, you'll, you'll beat them all day long. I mean, that's just the, kind of the thing that somehow controls Pittsburgh's uh, passing attack. Yeah, look, I, I don't even give them the opportunity to go one-on-one on the outside. I, I make I make Kenny Pickett now at this point. You know, look, I'm focusing on stopping the Steelers' run the best I can mm-hmm. and get them in those third down situations, and I'm playing as much zone as I possibly yep. can against him uh, and make them come off of some zone beaters. Exactly, 100%. That's, to me, they think the script, and I think teams will continue to adopt that. Steel City 102 with a $10 super chat. Thank you so much. And 95 people already here in the chat. So thank you guys for being here. A lot to say, I'm sure. So be sure to hit the like button to hit us into triple digits. Steel City says, you guys are champions. Just a quickie for Dave. When will you start the Twitter X comments during the game? Kenny off target drink. I have a better time following you all on X than the game. So I guess we're going to do a Kenny off target drinking game. No, not look. I've tried to tone it down on Twitter over the years and not be such of a jackass anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I just try to try to, you know, a give, give people good info out there as the game progress progresses. Cause not everybody can, uh, now I will do a three and out at the early drink, you know, uh, uh, kind, kind mm-hmm. of tweets and, and have some fun with it. But other than that, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to absorb the game as it goes, tweet some play-by-play stuff, obviously get quick replays of the video up, you know, uh, you know, put in some comments, obviously puts the stats up there as, as the quarters change and, you know, give my halftime thoughts, kind of a quick recap on, on, on all that. But uh, I'm, 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 I'm trying to tone down, you know, my, my overall Twitter game uh, as it is just, you know, try to help people follow along with the game more than anything. Yeah, and make sure you're following Dave at Steelers Depot during the game, especially if you're not able to watch it live. John Pennington, hello, Dave and Alex. Now, do you think Canada is hurting Kenny's development, and why is Kenny not seeing open receivers and having problems reading defenses? Listen, I don't think I've ever said that Canada's been helping and good for Kenny Pickett's development. I think certainly, you know, to me at this point, Dave, and again, I want to see the rest of the season play out, but it, it's not either or. I've said that many times. It's both in. Maybe maybe neither guy is just, just ready for their role in the NFL, not not able to to execute their role. Maybe it's not just Canada, not just Pickett. Maybe it's both. I, I think it's kind of where things are, are trending towards. I mean, at some point, Pickett has to open receivers and see the defense better. There is only so much a coach can do. I mean, there is stuff that's open for the taking consistently over the last month that have not been executed. If you do just those basic things that are staring you practically in the face or throws the picket made that are just off, this offense is a lot more successful. We're not having these conversations right now. They may have beaten Jacksonville. They uh, probably almost certainly beat the Browns, I think. So there is a, a point where the buck falls on the quarterback. Look, over the last couple of, you know, in the last couple of losses here, uh, uh, you know, with, with Jacksonville and this one, you, you, you just, <laughs> I hate to keep going back to third downs, but it's such an intricate, you know, it's such a important down, you know, if you convert a couple more of these third downs over the course of those, those last couple of losses, you, 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 you probably get the W in both those games. Now, uh, uh, is it still going to look, you know, bad overall offensively? Yeah, probably. But I mean, you're talking about a, a, a difference in a, in, in a couple of these games of making a couple of plays and most notably, look, it, and this is something I said during, and I'm, I'm going to get a moment to try to research this at some point. I mean, how hard is it to have just, what did I say? Three passing explosive plays over the last four games. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's hard to do. Yeah. I wonder it's hard to probably find what a record is over that kind of span, mm-hmm. but it's got to be one of the lowest numbers that, that you'll find. So uh, maybe you can research yeah. that. I, I, don't, I don't know what the uh, numbers will be on that, but regardless, it's bad no matter where exactly it ranks uh, in the, in the hierarchy. I mean, you're, you're not, how many times, how many times can you recall, you know, a play similar to that, uh, uh, like Baltimore late, late last, last year where uh, Kenny extended the play and made a big play out of structure how many out of structure plays can you know can can you quickly recall that kenny's made you know mm-hmm. there's and, been and a not, lot fewer 
not that that's the end all do all to it, but usually in, in these games, look, look at Josh Dobbs, what he's done just that short time in Minnesota extended plays. Now, obviously some of them with his legs, but he's made quite a few of them with his arm as well too, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, he has. I, I do think Pickett's trying to have a more concerted effort to stay in the pocket because that was an issue for him, especially earlier in the season. And he's trying to find his check down a bit quicker overall this year. But yeah, that, that's an element of his game that's not been there that often this year. All right, next question comes from Seth B. Have you seen the Steelers outcoach their opponents to victories in recent years? Almost seems like the strategy is hope great players make great plays. Do we have any schematic advantages anywhere? I do think defensively, you've seen Pittsburgh play the chess game pretty well. Uh, I think especially last year with Brian Flores, there were a lot of wrinkles and game-specific personnel groupings and little just add-ons that I thought were important. And a lot of those have been carried over to this season, whether it's their 4-4 defense or their overfronts or stemming the front, all that kind of stuff. I think it's been helpful, small things along the way. So defensively, I've seen that. Offensively, it's certainly a lot less. I do think, again, say... The Titans, Matt Canada called a really good game and did, I think, out-coach what the Titans were doing. Although I think the Titans had a really bad, bad game plan and approach for that game. But obviously, the offensive advantages schematically have been far more fleeting. Yeah, I mean, other than the the, the running game getting its legs, per se, if you will, uh, you know, uh, which... You know, they they finally started pulling some of these <laughs> offensive linemen and and, you know, uh, look, I mean, Broderick Jones on the move has been good. Uh, say a model on the move has been good. Uh, those kind of things are executing overall uh, in the run game and the blocking uh, better. I mean, there were still some negative plays in this game. I mean, how, how many negative plays did they have in the first half? Uh, overall that, you know, that's something that they had been able to get away from a little bit for a couple of games. There were all those negative plays at, at, at the start, but I mean, your first, your first handful of plays in this game against Cleveland was not, you know, were, were, were negative, almost two safeties back to back, you know? Right. Yeah. That's how the uh, tone for the day and I'm going to start and uh, in a poor finish the rest of the way. Brian Jonker says KP is a minor problem. That's of course, Kenny Pickett. Matt Canada, a bigger problem. The biggest problem is whatever keeps Matt Canada employed and who decided to hire him in the first place. I wouldn't describe Pickett as a minor problem. I think blame right. is shared. I think it goes around, and certainly you can critique Canada. Just my run through of the All-22 offensively, I don't think it was a well-called game conceptually in the passing game in this one overall. Um, but I, I think stuff was still there for Pickett, and this offense did did nothing. I think I think a, a quarterback that would be deemed your franchise quarterback would do more in this game, no matter who the OC was. I I, I just I don't believe that you know if you switched out OCs that the Kenny Pickett's game would increase you know tenfold in in terms of his production and performance in this one. And again, it's not just about this one game because yes, the Browns have a great elite defense. You're on the road, tough environment, all that kind of stuff, but. It's the pattern of the last month plus and the totality of his career, 22 starts, 13 touchdowns, all the numbers you could throw out there that just don't signal this thing's ever going to get turned around to the degree where you sit there and say, okay, this is going to be our franchise quarterback for the next decade. Look, if 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 you're wanting Matt, Matt Canada gone, uh, just just hold tight because it's yeah. <laughs> it's 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 going to happen here. Uh, not you know probably not during the season, of course, but uh, after this, it would take a lot at this point uh, for, for, for Matt Canada to, to save his job, I think. Seth B., I know the consensus has been KP gets year three. Do you think that's the right move or just the most likely, as likable as he is, seems fair to evaluate and move on at this point? Dave, I know your stance is that they will have Pickett be the starter in 2024. Do you think that's the right approach, though? Uh, not at the not on the path that he's on right now. I mean, I, I look what I think what I think they should do and what th- what I think they will do. You know, oftentimes don't coincide there. Uh, but uh, you've got to start seeing seeing him play better in these in these last seven games. I mean, you just have got to start seeing him play better. And uh, if 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 he doesn't progress. Uh, much more than what his best has been so far, then I think you really do, or I would really be taking a, a, a look at that because look, you're not getting any younger at some of these stars that you have on this team, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, 
I would look hard, long and hard at the quarterback position, either free agency or, or through the draft, but probably where you're going to be, you know, we look at it here and this team's still six and four. And if they win, you know, a handful more games are going to be in the playoffs. And then where, where are you going to draft? And, you know, what's, you know, how many quarterbacks are likely to fall down to you? How far would you have to trade? You know, all those, all those uh, variables we don't know uh, at, at this point. And look, I mean, I, I know the quarterbacks' names at the top of the draft class. I haven't researched them or anything like that. But uh, if if you're going to go all in to say that Kenny Pickett's not your guy, then you need to make that your priority number one during the offseason, right? But, yeah. Uh, uh, in other words, even though I think that if they decided to, I mean, personally, I think they're going to stick with Pickett. I think, you know, you're going to see Pickett through, through the 2024 season, just with a different offensive coordinator. Uh, but you know, even if you did that, I would not be opposed to like a third or fourth round guy, just to give you a set of eyes on, on somebody else. And maybe that guy could at least be, become your, your backup for the next several years or, or, or what have you there. But I mean, if you, if you as an organization, look, this is a perfect opportunity for Omar Khan to say that wasn't my guy. <laughs> right. It technically did not. I mean, little, not technically, but literally did not draft Kenny Pickett. Right. But do I think they'll go that route? No, but, uh, uh, I I would definitely look hard and long at it if if these next seven games go the same way these first first half, first ones have. I, I do think it's an important point to the idea of will they not should they put putting our opinions aside, but will they explore their options? I think it's at least worth mentioning as you just did that Omar Khan did not draft Kenny Pickett. Andy Weidel was not in Pittsburgh, not with the Steelers when they drafted Kenny Pickett. That was the Kevin Colbert pick. It was the last first rounder of his career. Khan became GM six weeks later, a month later, whatever it was. And so if you wanted that kind of quote-unquote out, you have that there from Omar Khan. Yeah, you do. But how quickly do you, you know, do you start it off like you did with, uh, with, with, with Kenny and Mitch? In other words, you know, the rookie season, Kenny keeps the job and, 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 and until he gets the hook, you know, and then are you using a whole rookie season to develop that kid? Or are you, sure. are you hoping to get the next Stroud, you know, uh, 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 that, that kind of development there, especially where you're picking. I mean, if you're going to go all in on this thing, uh, on a quarterback, then, then your sights ought to be trading up to get, you know, one of the top one or two in this class. You sure. Know? Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah, it'd be a messy process, and there's going to be a lot of drama and a lot of takes and headlines about it. But what's the alternative? If you don't think Pickett's the answer, then everything it takes to try to find that, that next alternative and that next guy is, is worth it. So the first thing you have to just decide is whether or not you want to move on or not. And, and I agree. I think Pickett will be the starter next year, but it's getting harder and harder to justify that potential and likely decision and and obviously it'll be framed around well he's got a new coordinator and all like that then you know and and what if that's what if that doesn't fix the problem you know yeah it's it's a bunch of can kicking down the road let me just ask you quickly dave then we'll go back to the questions and, and appreciate you guys being here um will mike tomlin be asked tomorrow if kenny pickett is going to remain the quarterback of the pittsburgh steelers well, based on some of the sounds like some of the questions that Mitch Trubisky got today uh, about it, uh, I would expect Tomlin to probably be asked about it. And what do you think his response will be? Kenny's our starter. Me too. I, I just, I just curious, just to see the progression of kind of how this thing goes from the poor play to the questions about the starter. You know, I just kind of see how the storyline plays out. So we'll see. All right, back to the questions. Uh, more of a comment and a stats of the weird, because we love our stats of the weird. This is from Mike Adesso. Steelers 10 points scored were the third most in Cleveland this year. LOL does add some context to the offensive failure, though. Uh, yeah, the Browns have a great defense, for sure. They've, they've had multiple games where they've allowed teams to only you know, score three points and put up a shutout this year. So all that understood. But, I mean, this offense was barely, in the past game, barely more prolific than Clayton Toon in Arizona in his first career start. So we're comparing a lot of a lot of rookies and young kids and, you know, less expectations to, to where Kenny Pickett's at right now, which I think sums things up pretty well. Pittsburgh and Cleveland basically had the same passing game plan yesterday, and you got a fifth-round rookie and a second start versus your first-round uh, franchise quarterback in his 22nd start, and the results look almost identical. Uh, Jonathan Mason, if Ben came right out of his basement on Sunday and played this game, what would his stat line uh, have been? My guess is he's still the Browns' daddy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny question. Uh, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, you know, Ben owned the Browns, that was for sure. Um, but uh, I, we'll, we'll never find that out, uh, Jonathan. 
Uh, let's see. Bruce Myers. Alex, who do you think the players like Harris and others on the offense are upset with, Kenny or Canada? What do you, again, this goes back to, to Najee Harris's postgame comments, a lot of frustration. Where do you think that frustration was being directed at, Dave? I can envision both of them getting it, you know? Do you think there's any frust- frustration about just his role in, in losing some playing time to Jalen Warren? Do you think that's any source of the frustration? Uh, could be, could be. Cause look, I mean, they, they, they got a big, there's a big decision awaiting him, uh, Najee during the off season. Right. But I think it's becoming less of a decision by the week. Right. But, but I mean, there, 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 there's no denying who, uh, who was giving you, who, who was giving you the plays, you know, in in that game yesterday. Uh, uh, it sounds like there's just a lot going on behind closed doors that we don't know about. Yeah. It really yeah. does. The, the whole tone of that, and we only got to see like a, I think a total of a minute, 12 or 14 of it. I imagine that presser was a little bit longer. I don't know how much more was said, said during it, but, uh, he was pretty damn frustrated, you know? Right. And one of many, and if they're saying that publicly, you can only imagine what the conversations are like privately right now, you know, and Deontay's body language wasn't all that great today during his presser, even though he said all the right things, you know? Uh, they're just, they, they know they should be a better offense than what they are right now. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, there's talent there. They should be able to produce more. I mean, they are statistically worse than the 2019 Steelers offense with duck and Mason and all the running back injuries and wide receiver injuries. I mean, you got like Tevin Jones and Tony Brooks, James with your offense. And that offense was putting up just as many, if not more points per game than Pittsburgh is currently. Look, and once again, I mean, Jalen Warren is is leading your team in total yards from scrimmage. I mean, that's 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 where we're at in this thing right now. Yeah, although that should continue because Warren is the, that bright spot on this offense, but but obviously did not expect that coming into the season. 144 people here in the chat. Thank you guys so much. Please be sure to like the stream. Also, uh, subscribe to the channel. Check out Seagulls Depot. i uh, got a lot of content up on the site today. Be covering the Tomlin Press Conference tomorrow. Alan Hudson says... What are your thoughts on Daryl Bevel as an OC candidate this offseason? He's done a good job develop, developing Tua in Miami and has history coaching with Tomlin, Minnesota back in the day. Yeah, Bevel's a name that I'm sure will get mentioned a couple times, assuming this team parts ways with Canada in the offseason. I know there was critique of him up in Seattle. I think, what was it, running the ball too much, whatever. I forget what the critique was there. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a, a solid suggestion. I, I don't have a whole lot more insight right now. I've not done a ton of research on potential candidates and won't until... There is an official change, but Bevel, I think, is a, a logical suggestion. Yeah, look, well, I, I ain't even thought about him. I guess, right, yeah, he's the quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator, and he was the OC in Minnesota in, what, 2006? So Tomlin would have been there mm-hmm. at that time. Uh, do those two have any history back before that? Don't look like it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's as good of uh, – it's as good a suggestion as any out there right now. Yeah, it was on my very cobbled together short list of names I was researching a little while back when I thought Canada might get fired midseason. So solid pull there, Alan. Carl, a, a Wisconsin product too, right? Is he? Oh, I didn't even know that. That, that would be in line. You got, you got to play defense though, I think, for the Wisconsin <laughs> types. Uh, but uh, good connection. Carl Ward, I have been a Najee supporter and still am, but after Warren got got hot, why not have him on the field at the end of the game? Well, at the end of the game. I on the field if it was Warren or Harris but they were they were passing late but I think in, in a game where Warren was your only source of offense for him to have only nine carries play less than half the snaps that's not acceptable Mike Tomlin might say we're not going to second guess that but I will second guess that and I'm, I'm guessing you will second guess that as well Dave yeah yeah I mean they, he was clearly clearly the hot hand you know I was thinking about this earlier with with the whole Najee thing uh and I'm not advocating. It's just something that, that, that ran through my head. And with, with the fifth year option decision coming up, would you, would you consider, uh, dealing him, uh, off before that fifth year option de- uh, decision this off season? And if so, what's, what's, what's the let, what's the least you would take for him, uh, at that point? I hadn't considered it. I actually had in my, my head and I was almost going to ask you, but I thought just a little too, speculation based would not it's, it's way out there sure but, I mean, it's, it, it's something that you know because look i mean 
you know my you know my feelings on running backs I do. uh and, and all and if if anything has helped strengthen that it's one Jalen Warren uh undrafted free agent at, at at that I mean you could go back into the draft and get a you know one in fourth or fifth round if you wanted to and all like that uh and you know Najee's already you know if this thing goes the way it's trending right now and he doesn't get that fifth year option uh, picked up. What's he? How's he? What's he going to think about that uh, going into training camp next year? Yeah. You know? Well, I was going to say, you know, could and I, I don't mean to. I'm hesitant to, to to talk about this too much, but but could he ask for yeah, a trade? Yeah, we're high. We're hijack. We're hijacking yeah. this thing, but just, uh, ho- hopefully, listeners understand. I just wonder how he can't be happy with his offense with him losing playing time year by year. I mean, could he go to the the team and say, "Listen, guys, I want to go somewhere else." I mean, and I don't. I mean, there's not much leverage he would have in that situation, but. I mean, he's clearly frustrated. His role's reducing. His fifth-year option almost certainly will be declined. He can't be happy with how things are playing out in Pittsburgh. Right. So, you know, would, would what's what's the least you would take for him? A third? Second? I'm You're not, not going to get a first for him. No, I don't, I don't think I'm going to get a second for him. I, I don't think that value's there at that point. Mm. Um, I, I think I would just hold on to him because I, I like the committee. I do like Najee Harris. I think he's a good player. I think there, I think there's a really good duo that's being created with Warren and Harris. I don't think Warren is, is at that 300 carry workhorse back. I think his playing style is too violent for him to kind of hold up, and there's value in him being fresh and being able to rotate with somebody. Of course, you could find another running back to rotate in, but I, I think Harris has had good moments. I think he's run well over the last month before before the Browns game, so I don't want to be short sighted to that. So, I mean, I, I think I would just hold I would hold on to, to uh, Najee Harris. Uh, Mr. Two Dollar Super Chat, and I want to get to that from a freak in Mazin. I'm probably butchering that very poorly, so I apologize. Two Dollar Super Chat, so thank you for that. He says, I can see Penix in Leftwich offense. That's uh, Michael Penix out there in Washington. Also says, Bo Nix, I can see being in the second round. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to kind of see where the lay of the land the quarterbacks are. They typically get pushed up in, in classes because of their value, but it is a pretty strong and deep quarterback class. So even though Pittsburgh will not be picking top five, top ten, unlikely top 15, um, there still could be some options in that 10 to 20 type of range where you trade up or you kind of sit there at 19 and 20 and potentially take somebody. All right, back up to the questions. Let me find wherever we left off. And again, thank you guys for being here. Dave and I will get your questions for about another half hour. Brad Martin says, Dan Moore was not good yesterday. What is going on with Chooks? Moore grades out at 44.8 on PFF, and Chooks is 61.6. Why isn't Jones playing left tackle and Chooks back at right? What is going on here? I mean, all that stems from a core for being in Tallman's doghouse with the comments that he apparently made after the is it the Titans game or the... No, it was the, the Jaguars, Jag- game. Jaguars, Jaguars game. Jaguars game. And that's what got him benched and... Um, Jones has done well at right tackle. I don't know if they want to move him right now. Um, you know, Moore was not good yesterday, clearly, but it was Miles Garrett. And and I'm not really surprised to see Moore struggle there. They do have an affinity for Dan Moore, how hard the guys worked. So get your point. But again, a core four getting benched in the first place was not because of play. It was because of the comments that he made uh, that did not sit well with Mike Tomlin. And look, uh, Broderick Jones had a, a little bit of a tough go of it in pass protection. Yeah, he was certainly not flawless. He got beat to the inside a couple times in this game. So, yeah, it was not all roses for Broderick Jones either. Paul Brown, can you teach pocket presence or is it more on the quarterback? Love the article on escaping pockets when he should step up. Yeah, I think you can teach it. I think a lot of those things are are teachable and and drillable in the way that you kind of work things, and and that does happen. So it's on the quarterback to kind of break some of those habits and develop that kind of trust and muscle memory and not trying to – play like the college game where you feel like you can run around and escape the pocket. The defenses move too fast. Defensive ends are way too freaky to consistently do that at this level. But yeah, I think it's teachable. And I think Pickett has made progress from the whole bailing on pockets. You saw some regression yesterday, but I think he has been better the more he was to start the season. So it's something that, that can continue to happen. What'd you think of him spinning out of that one? Uh, which one? I think it was like two of them. The one where he got, <laughs> yeah. well, I think he got, maybe got sacked on both, but um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, those were moments he has to climb and step. I, I, so I still think he's falling back on some of those old, old habits. I just think, generally speaking, it's been a bit better. But he does have a tendency to spin, and some of that might be trying to set his hips because just the way that he's able to, to kind of roll on that. But um, yeah, it's 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 got to be cleaned up. Mm-hmm. I got two super chats that just came in, so thank you guys so much from LV two dollar super chat. 
what kind of Kenny Pickett end would make you draft a quarterback early this season? So basically saying how bad would it have to get to make you want to draft a quarterback early this season? If, if it continues on the track that it is right now, I don't really see how you justify an alternative in terms of trying to stick with Pickett as your future. So uh, it's got to get better. There's got to be some gl- glimmer and glimpse of, okay, this is what this guy's ceiling is. This is him playing a complete game you know, helping to really lead and drive this team to victory. And that's rarely happened in his career with Pittsburgh. Yeah, putting points on the board, right? <laughs> uh, and look, I mean, we, we, we talked about this this morning. What was his adjusted net yards for passing attempt number? And even without throwing an interception in that game, it was under three. I mean, it's hard enough to win games when that number's under five, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're talking about under three. You know, how, how many... How many more of those do do we need to see? You know, through just an, uh, an an NEA stat of four or under in a single game. You know, right. normally those come with interceptions and no touchdowns and you know three, four, five uh, times sacked. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it 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 you you can't stomach too many more of what you saw Sunday against the Browns. I'll tell you that. Yeah, just a lot of invisibility where, yeah, you're not turning the football over, but you're not really making plays either. It's just so so nothing that you're getting from from him in this passing game right now, and that's just not a way you can consistently win, and it's certainly not a way you can win a playoff game. I just want to mention a comment here. I'm kind of bouncing around here. I want to get to Ron Burgundy's super chat, but Michael says, a big concern with Pickett. You would expect a, fr- a true franchise quarterback to have some more shining moments, even in a dysfunctional offense than what we've seen. Talent can emerge from bad situations. Yeah, I, I think it's a great point that that even if Canada was nine tenths of the problem and other issues were affecting Kenny Pickett, you would still see that talent some shine through. Plays or something, or just know. a big time throw, or something right. shines through in in one particular moment. Um, and, and you're not. Really not say, especially this year. I thought last year you saw more examples. That Baltimore, that last drive, there were some great throws. That throw he had, the Stephen Sims over the middle, was I think the best throw he's made in his career. Where he sat there and say, "Okay, that is a really high level type play." I mean, I think Pickett played well against the Rams this year. I did a video for that on the channel that broke down some some impressive plays. But yeah, you would think that that talent would shine too. That's why I'm putting it less on Canada recently because I think generally speaking, the scheme has been acceptable and in some cases, like the Titans game, pretty good. Um, and, and Pickett's missing some really obvious and open stuff, and you're not even seeing that kind of glimmer of, okay, on this throw or this drive or this game, it all went well, and you kind of saw what Pickett can do. It's just been a downward spiral. Fire Super Chat from Ron Burgundy 79 Let's say we narrow, narrowly miss getting hit by an asteroid, but Kenny struggles. Will the new front office consider drafting a, a first-round quarterback if one falls? Kind of goes back to what we talked about before, Dave. Mm-hmm. You think there's there's really just no chance, or do you think if 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 it's if it's this bad throughout the rest of the season, do you think that'll change the front office mind, or is there nothing that could really change them from sticking with Pickett next year? I don't. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to give him one more year, regardless of what happens. Okay, that's fair. That's that's the most likely outcome right now. So I'm with you there um, because you're right. They will say new OC, new offense. Let's see how it looks. Let's give it one more season. If not, then we can you know, make a uh, decision from there. Um, it's not like Tomlin and Connor are going to be fired. I mean, their, their jobs are safe. So it's not like they have to get this, make this change to keep their jobs. All right, let's go back to the questions and try to find where I was uh, uh, stopping. Uh, Jared says, thanks for the stream, fellas. Hopefully we can move on from Canada ASAP. But for now, we have to suffer through the offensive tape like we brought uh, back Jack, all hands on deck the rest of the way. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what Jack's role is. If he ever gets elevated, he probably will at some point. Don't know if it'll be this week, but uh, we'll see where his uh, level of conditioning is at. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, Shroomore, why are they asking this offense to execute ball control, sticks-to-sticks offense? They are terrible on third down, yet they play to get to third down. What do you think about the philosophy well, that, of this offense. Well, the, uh, well yo, then, then, then Kenny's going to have to start pushing the football down the field, right? You know, right. Uh, like I said earlier, there. I mean, if you're not going to have expl- look, they're they're fortunate they've gotten some ground explosive plays because because and they've had a lot more than what I envisioned this this, this running game getting this year. I mean, Najee's even had uh, a nice share of them here. You, uh, but and anytime you get a 20 yard run from a running back or any run that's 20 yards to me in a game, that's stealing. 
All right, so you've gotten you've gotten a nice share of those, but where are they in the passing game? If you're not getting those in the passing game, then you damn sure your your third down percentage better be higher because you've got to go. You got you need more plays to help make up for not having those explosive plays there. So uh, they they just have you know and and there have now look uh, some pressure in this game against against the Browns really limited your your ability to push it down the field. But there were opportunities. Alex and I were just talking uh, uh, before we got on. I sent him a clip of that Yankee concept that they had uh, in this game where where, where where Pickett was pressured and he escaped. He ended up uh, I think that was a third down right that. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. that he, that he scrambled. He, he got the first down on that, but as he's coming out of that, you know, could he have gotten his eyes up and gotten that to, to, to a wide open Deontay. And at that point, Deontay's got one guy to meet to, to beat at that, at that point, you know, it's, it's little things like that where you're leaving some explosive plays, uh, on the field there. And, and the worst example was that over to, it was Calvin right in the red zone. That you'd shown earlier on your your, your timeline. Well, th- what that was Deontay on was the crosser. Was that Deontay? Okay, yeah. working right to left. Right to left, yeah. Okay, I I was mixing up who who the guy was, but I mean that uh, is. I think Calvin was running the corner on that. Wasn't okay, he? I I have to go. I mean I, I I'm getting the, the names mixed up here, but but I trust you. Uh, but either way, regardless of who it was, I mean that is wide open. There's no pressure, and Pickett never saw it. I mean that, that's that's six. That's a touchdown if he sees it. Mm-hmm. So it's again that's why. If you're not making some of those routine things there, it's harder for me to put it on Canada. I don't think he called a, a good game overall, far from it. But when those things are being missed so often and so consistently, it's harder to put those problems on the scheme when the basics and the stuff that is there is not being hit. Look, they're going to have to uh, start drilling a lot more on 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 some on some zone beaters, you know. Right. And and one reason why they couldn't throw the ball deep was in in fairness, some of those opportunities were taken away. The the Browns know the book. They're a man team, but they played zone in this one because the Steelers don't match up well against zone heavy teams. The 49ers ran a bunch of cover 3, some cover 4 in week 1, and Pittsburgh did not uh, adjust well to that. When the Ravens ran a bunch of, you know, cover 0, cover 1 in week 5, Pickett made some plays because he saw man coverage. He's a much better I know the numbers might be kind of close, I think, but to me, there's no question. Kenny Pickett is far more comfortable against man coverage than zone coverage. Chill ZXYT, $5 super chat. Thank you guys for all the super chats and being here tonight. Again, a reminder, an archive version of this will be on the site in just a little bit. That's SteelersDepot.com. says, they used a first rounder on him. I bet the front office waits until the end of the year before making any kind of decision with him. They won't bench him. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean... You know, we can talk about the idea of maybe benching Kenny Pickett or, or should or shouldn't they, but when we talk about, Dave, the toothpaste going back into the tube, you bench Kenny yeah. Pickett now, you get all the headlines to come from that, the the quote-unquote distractions to come from that, and it's hard to go back at that point. Once you bench your, your quarterback, we're kind of in the Zach Wilson, you're never really coming back from that mode. Well, well aren't you seeing Atlanta kind of going through something <laughs> like that right now? They're just rotating those quarterbacks. I guess they're back to Ritter right now, Dave, I think. Yeah, I think the latest thing is he came out and said Ritter's going to start there. I mean, uh, you know, you don't have confidence in any of them. Right, no. right. And, and that shows some weakness. I guess to an extent, you're rotating your quarterbacks. No one knows who the guy is. It, it makes it even messier. Um, I, I do think one reason why Tomlin has kind of deflected blame and doesn't want to second guess things publicly is he's trying to project this kind of no panic, calm. We're not going to not going to get emotional, lose my mind. There's too many players already acting like that right now. I'm going to really be steady and maybe even to a a weird looking degree, you know, act like everything is fine, even if things are, are clearly not fine right now, because Tomlin's trying to project some strength that this team, you know, is kind of, it feels a little shaky and Tomlin's trying to, to keep things stable. You mean like he's that little dog in that meme with the fire. Already, <laughs> yeah, this is right? fine. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I get that. I, I know what Tomlin's doing. He's trying to perceive this kind of calm. It's like the, the duck paddling, you know, above the water, everything looks okay. Underneath everything's kind of going crazy. So I can respect that, but at some point, it's just, it, the results just have to be there. Yeah, but look, in his Tuesday press conference, what did he say? Yeah, I, uh, certainly, I've got the, you know, just boil down that 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 long response that he gave in that Tuesday press conference to the first word that he gave, certainly. Sure, but that was also before the loss, and mm-hmm. it wasn't, it was, it was, a, it was a pointed comment, but it wasn't a real long, lengthy, headline-y comment. It's, it's harder to make a story out of the guy saying, 
certainly, than maybe this longer critique of Kenny Pickett that certainly could be made. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here in 15 minutes left? Jake shoots stuff. I just don't get it. We've seen Kenny make high-level throws. Where is the consistency? I think it is fair to point out, I mean, Pickett is not, it's not that he hasn't gotten better. He's regressed. And the question is, why is he regressing so much? That That's not typical. Yeah, look, his accuracy is not, not what it was. Uh, he's missing some layups and, and, and yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say that he's not regressed some. Do you think, and I know that Tomlin and Pickett, to his credit, won't use these as excuses. Is there is there an injury at play that hasn't been revealed or we don't know the extent of? Like, he's, you know, he, obviously he's been beat up this year with the ribs, um, the, the calf. Do you think maybe like the calf's a bigger issue than people think and the guy's going to come out after the season and say, listen, my calf was like half torn. Do, do you think that's a possibility? I mean, you're going to throw the guy out that gives you the best chance to win, right? Uh, I mean, Pickett's obviously health. I mean, Pickett's obviously healthy to play, and if he is, they're going to play him. But do you just think there's an underlying, like like a hockey player that played hurt all year and nobody knew about it, and and the guy says after the season, "Oh, I'm getting surgery. I, I my my calf was in half for half the season, and I had, took a bunch of painkillers to get through the game." Do you just think that's a reason that at least would make sense of why this guy is taking steps backward? I mean, well, obviously, we don't know uh, to 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 what degree he's sure. hurting or not hurting at this point. I mean, I, c- c- I mean, I, I'm not going to say uh, unequivocally no, right? Because I don't have all the info. You know, I'm just trying to understand with a, a, a more experienced offense, the continuity of this offense, a healthy offense overall, why there is regression. I mean, staying the same is one thing; not making the jump you expected is one thing. But to take just I mean, he has just tanked. I mean, it, it, it's it's hard to explain that. Yeah, but you turn around, you see him drop one in a bucket in that game against uh, what Tennessee, right? Sure, to Deontay on the thirty-two yarder. Yeah, I, but I mean, you've but they're very rare moments of you know acceptable quarterback play. I mean, do you think it's the it's because this offense is trying to be so conservative, and it could have been what we talked about before of like. The coaches are saying, Kenny, you can't make a mistake. And that's almost messing with him because he's so paralyzed about not making a mistake that it's it's crushing him. He's, over, he's overthinking it. I mean, I, I'd be more apt to go that way sure. than I would the, the injury uh, aspect there. It's, you know, it's, you know my, for all we know on it, Mike Tomlin might have had a might have had him tattooed on his shoulder. Don't turn the football over, you know? Yeah, I mean, Mike uh, Sullivan said at the bye, he's being too greedy. And we were all kind of like, is he being too greedy? But if he's saying that publicly, you can only imagine what the conversation's like indoors. Well, I mean, that... Look, that, you still have to make plays, right? Sure. I mean, uh, at, at some point, you got to make some of these throws that he's missed and he hasn't done that, you know? And uh, he, you know, third, third down's always been a been a bug boo he's gotten even worse this year on third downs you know mm-hmm. at some point you got to make some plays man yeah i know I, I agree that's why I'm, I'm i'm shifting a lot of the blame to Pickett because the, the plays there's been enough plays that are there that he's not making and until he does that you can't you can't take that next step until you're just kind of making the layups and the things that are seemingly right there for him i mean he's got six touchdown passes still yeah, in in ten games, he's got thirteen, and in twenty two starts, was that twenty three games overall? Um, again, my concern is the historical, like how many quarterbacks in history have had, have had this kind of start that have turned their careers. I around? was thinking about that today. That'd <laughs> be be hard to dig, you know. Right, I've done a bit uh, of research on it. Uh, you know how how many guys have started off like that? Uh, I mean, just focus it just on the adjusted net number, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, Josh Allen is rookie year, but Kenny Pickett is no Josh Allen. Right. Uh, you know, just ha- how many guys just from an adjusted net yards for passing attempt number? Because, look, I mean, you're, you're just not going to win in the NFL with a number under six. You might do it once. You might win one Super Bowl that way if you got an outstanding defense. But you're you're not going to compete on a year-in, year-out basis uh, uh, with a quarterback on that stat alone. Yeah, there's no chance in the history. Especially it's, one with not getting the explosive plays like they're not getting right now in the passing game. And, and to have the third down uh, conversion, uh, uh, you know, not only the completion percentage, but the, but, but, but the conversion rate, you know, that, that they're not getting out of mm-hmm. him right now. Yeah. And again, I don't know how many guys, we have not done the research completely, but 
the longer this goes on, the more the harder it is to buck that trend and sit there and think, okay, in a year from now, it's all going to get turned around and he's throwing you know twenty five touchdowns in a season. It, it's I know it's run first offense, very conservative, but these numbers are as pitiful as you're going to see. I mean, Tomlin says you can't go twelve or thirteen plays, but yet he's he's got you know his completed his complete completed air uh, average is two point something in this game. Yeah, you yeah. know. So, so which is it? it? Yeah, fair point. Tennis addict, a five dollar super chat. Thank you so much for that. Says last top tier coach hired, Mike Munchak. When is it time for quality hires, not mediocre external or awful internal choices that create stagnation? It's a fair point. Um, I don't have a good answer for you on that. I thought somebody made an interesting point. I forget who it was. Uh, some commentator that said, you know, Mike Tomlin could probably hire any OC he wanted to just because he's Mike Tomlin, the stability, the culture, the success of the franchise, and yet they've not hired these inspiring names. So it's a fair point. I mean, you know, Tomlin's a defensive guy. He could sit there and take any OC, the best the best mind in football, and say, hey, here's the keys. Run this offense for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've gotten Randy Feetner and uh, Matt Canada as your last two OCs. Do you have any fear that Mike Sullivan might be the next one? Or or do you think they, well, they've in their head moved past that? Yeah, I don't know if I would say fear. I get your point of like another internal hire. I like Mike Sullivan. I mean, I think he's a, he's a smart guy overall. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be an external hire. I mean, I, I'd be pretty surprised if they went in-house. If they did, you know, would it be a Glenn Thomas kind of that? Because Canada was was an insider, but he was a one-year guy. So it was supposed to be this whole claim of, well, he's an insider, but he's an outsider because he was here for just one year when he still kind of got some fresh ideas. It's not like Randy Feetner, who's been there for a decade, that, you know, got promoted and kind of got his due. So I don't know. I, we'll wait and see. All right, time for a couple more questions. We'll try to go through these. Dave and I as uh, rapid fire as possible. If I can kind of scroll back up to where I was. Kevin asking about, if I had to pick a realistic uh, OC to replace Canada the next season, who's your guy? I'm not there yet, Kevin, on on, a, on any particular name. Yeah, I mean, I think of, of 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 the ones that are out there that we just talked about. Bevel makes sense. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, Dorsey's probably going to have some suitors. You know. Yeah. Do you think? I mean, I kind of, I, I probably not. I, I forget the circumstances before, but Mark Whipple, what's he doing? He's out in Nebraska, right? Does he have a job right now? Pickett's uh, OC and yeah, I don't remember where he's at right now. I don't know if he's anywhere. I thought we talked about that recently, didn't we? Or did we talk about somebody else? I don't remember uh, us talking about Whipple. I think it came up with Canada when they were when they moved on from Feetner, but I think Whipple had just taken the job at Nebraska. I want to say I'm getting my timeline a little muddy here, but I think that's why it was never really talked about. Uh, OC quarterback, uh, 2022 Nebraska. Is he still there? I'm pretty sure he got fired, but somebody can check me. Uh, I don't know what Matt rule is, is doing over there in Nebraska. Okay. He recently served as the offensive coordinator of Nebraska. So, well, I don't think he's doing anything right now. Yeah, I think so. Just another name to mention if, if they were all now, I'm not saying they should do it, but just in, in terms of the doc connecting of like our quarterback is struggling. We want to stay with Pickett. Let's get him at the college OC, who, of course, has NFL experience, was Ben's quarterback coach in, in 2004 and, and been with Pittsburgh before. Um, that would not be an unbelievable thing that would ha- that would occur for Pittsburgh. Man, he said, what, 60? going to be 67 next year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he wants to coach. I don't know. I'm, again, I'm not saying I'm, I endorse it, but just playing the old dot connecting game, you can, you can connect those dots. Uh, let's see. Stand up four two zero zero three. Hey guys, I understand what the Steelers are attempting to do on offense, but you need a quarterback with pinpoint accuracy, and Pickett is not cutting it. I think it's the number one issue with Kenny Pickett is they build his accuracy as like this top tier elite level thing. It's not the worst, but it is to me average to below average accuracy, especially horizontally and, and not on those vertical sideline throws. And that is maybe the most disappointing and alarming part of his game. His accuracy to me is nothing special. Yeah, I would agree. $5 Super Chat from Seth B., who's been active in the chat tonight. Thank you so much for the Super Chat. Says, do other coaches really respect MT in that can any uh, can hire any OC way? What about the lack of a coaching tree? Teams aren't trying to imitate our schemes. I mean, I I, don't, I can't say for sure, obviously. I think it's, it's a fair point to make. I think there's a lot of respect for Mike Tomlin around the NFL just for the stability and and the resume overall. You know, coaching, get, they get fired so quickly. Guys move on when you see someone that's stable and been in one place for a long time. 
you know, has a Super Bowl ring, uh, ring for all of his warts. I think coaches do respect that. So, I mean, there, there's an there's an issue of potential money and how much this team is willing to pay. I've never been incredibly convinced or seen evidence that they're not willing to pay guys, willing to pay coaches, but but that's a potential issue that would be out of Tomlin's control if you want to talk about, about why maybe they've gone with less known OC hires. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, look, uh, Munchak was a, was a name. Uh Haley obviously was a you know former head coach and mm-hmm. yeah they've had they've had some names if you will sure they have um I mean in terms of like OCs though recently it's mm-hmm. been you know Feetner and in, in, in Canada there uh Ron right. Ron Burgundy again his second super chat thank you so much it's not going to happen but I'd like to see will uh, Stein Oregon OC get an interview this offseason seems to have turned Bo Nix into a real quarterback. Yeah, I don't know much about him. I know Bo Nix went from went Auburn to Oregon and has really revived his career. So um, I know Dave. Do you, you, do you want another college quarterback? You know, yeah. I, I would much rather have somebody that's got some experience uh, already in the NFL that that that's been around the game uh, a little bit younger and I, I would like to see them go that route. Yeah, I don't know if I have a preference. I mean, I'm open to, I'm open to just the, to the best coach. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that it, it can't be a college guy. I understand the the concern there. Uh, maybe a, maybe a college guy that's been in the NFL in some capacity before, like you know, like a Glenn Thomas. He was a quarterbacks coach for Atlanta with Matt Ryan. Um, I think he won a guy with some NFL experience where it's not brand new to him. But I'm okay with somebody coming from the college ranks. Okay. All right. What else do we have here in a couple of final minutes? And great turnout tonight. I did not know what the turnout was going to be like coming off the loss. But uh, appreciate you guys being here and, and asking some really good questions as opposed to just kind of being angry like it is for uh, sometimes after a Steelers game. And not thank you for not ter- tearing up all the furniture in here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> everything is good. Uh, I'm just trying to find a couple of questions from some people that I have not uh, heard from today. And I just want to see if I can find something here. Oh, let's see if I can pick something. Is Kenny's biggest problem is that he's being micromanaged. That's from Gary. It's a chicken or egg thing. Are they? If we accept that premise, is he being micromanaged because he's not able to make some of these bigger time plays, or is the lack of the big time plays coming because he's micromanaged? There's a whole discussion we could probably take an hour to talk about and debate. Uh, any beats on how many touchdown passes Pickett throws? That's from Brian White. He says ten. How many touchdown throws do you think Pickett ends the season with? Oh man, remember when the over under was uh, <laughs> like 18, eight, and 18 and a half or something like that? We're he's, thinking, oh man, he's gonna he he'll get you know he'll dance right around somewhere in that you know. Uh, you took the under. Yeah, uh, man. Seven games left, right? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yes, seven games left. Uh, I don't think he hits 15, to be honest with you. What do you think he hits, though? 12, 13? 12, maybe. I mean, at this pace, there, six and there, seven games is actually a lofty goal for him. Yeah, I know. There's there's not a lot of confidence uh, that, that he, would, he would even hit that at this point. They do have some less than stellar defenses coming up, which might help a little right. bit. I'll say, yeah. Uh, just guessing, and I who knows? I'll say 11 or 12. All right, uh, let's see. Sat Champ says, guys, do you think we put a little too much into the things Mike says in press conferences? I don't think what he says in press conferences is not what he talks to players. Keep it in-house. You're right. He does not, he does not give this information for us. He does it for specific reasons, usually talking to his players and sending a message across that way. But still, he's saying it, and we can't just ignore it. And we can comment and, and give our opinion on it, but but yes, I agree that he's not. Tom does not care what what my reaction is to his comments are. Yeah, look, we we try to as we you know when we recap that every Wednesday, we try to go through the biggest talking points and maybe what is pertinent and what's not. And we understand there's a lot of coach speak in there, and you know more more times than not, he's just trying to send a message. To, to his players on some of the things that he says. And uh, he gives much better, more insightful interviews outside of his, mm-hmm. you know, outside of his pressers by far. Uh, so do we really uh, gleam a lot from what he has to say on Tuesdays? No, but there are some things that, that are worth talking about that, 
you know, you 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 occasionally get a uh, uh, no. The answer to, to the question is no. We should not read way too much into what he says on Tuesdays. Right, but he only speaks about two times per week in terms of a public forum. That is his Tuesday presser, and then um, right after the game, post game. Right. So the words carry some weight. We we don't actually get to hear from that guy too often. Right. Uh, all right. Let's see. We have time for maybe just one or two more questions. Zachary, uh, excuse me, Zachary Watt, the 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 lesser known Watt brother, I assume, says, "Well, Dave, you were right about that third down completion percentage. So you you called us to do our homework and play the home game, and uh, it was not a fun game to play." Yeah. Look, I I don't. It, not so much about being right as to, as to look at it, right? Yeah. You know, and uh, we looked at it. And look, uh, you know, we're we're fixing to watch the Eagles and the Chiefs play tonight. Uh. For, for those of you that played the home version the other night, uh, watch, watch what, because I talked about this earlier on the podcast today about looking at the, uh, uh, the overall raw stats of the completed air yard distance and the intended air yard distance. And man, if you look at that, just uh, the overall stats for this year, uh, Kenny Pickett's right there would, would burrow in Mahomes, but that's such a raw stat. You know, what is it on third down? You know, w- watch these two quarterbacks tonight in Hurts and Mahomes and, and what they're doing on third downs, either third and five or more or, 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 or third and five and less. And how many are they converting? What's the air yard distance on it? Are they hitting are they hitting receivers in stride? Are they getting what they might be shorter passes, but are, are, are they getting more yardage out of it? Th- mm-hmm. Those kind of things there. Uh, and look, I, I didn't expect uh, Kenny Pickett's third, de- third, de- his completion percentage was better on third downs, but it didn't equate to conversions. Right. Right. Some of them were third and forever. You kind of throw it short and that doesn't really do much for you. Right. So for me to tell people to watch that, it wasn't more of, of a, a, a be right. It's just it's 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 something that sticks out in its completion percentage numbers on, on downs. Right. And it will continue until it gets better. All right. Uh, let's see. Got a two dollar super chat. Don't want to miss this from Artie. Thank you so much. Artie has a question. What exactly do you think Najee was talking about when he said you guys don't see what really goes on around here is he laying the blame on the coaches or players the conversation we had a bit earlier it's hard to say for sure i don't know there's a lot probably going on <laughs> there's a lot there's probably a lot of layers to that so i would love right. to uh, give that old truth serum to Najee harris and really hear the true thoughts uh maybe someday we will um we probably will someday because Najee harris will not be a stealer for probably too terribly much longer for the couple of years at most and Maybe the new team he eventually goes to, he'll maybe talk about his time in Pittsburgh. So I'll see you in 2026, Dave, writing that article on SteelersDepot.com. And I think I had one more I just wanted to get to. Uh, Joey Jr. says, Dave and Alex, what happens if we lose to Cincinnati's backup quarterback next weekend? I think it's the old uh, saying of duck and cover and kiss your butt goodbye. I think it's uh, the way that I'll answer that one, Joey Jr. Look, uh, I'm glad we're not doing a live. I hope, <laughs> uh, glad there's no live stream schedule for next week if that happens. Uh, and I'll, look, uh, yeah, I mean, you got a, a you know another another young quarterback. Uh, uh, that would be his first start, right? Jake Browning, yes, that will be Jake Browning's yeah. first career start. Look, and you know, okay, it's not unthinkable that they lose that game. No, uh, uh, at, at, at this point here. Uh, they really need to win that game on the road, uh, and a to get the bad taste out of, uh, of their mouth out of this one, and and even though you know the schedule still sets up favorable for them the rest of the way, you know this team the, the, there's no give me's with it with this team right now. So yeah, I you you think it's bad right now? What happens hmm. if they score ten points next week and 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 lose? You know? Yeah, and the Bengals their defense has regressed, but there's still some talent, especially with that front seven. Do you real quickly? Do you consider it must-win territory for the Bengals game, or do you think it's not quite to that point? I don't think it's must-win, but it's another one of those you. It's one of those you better think about it being a must-win. Yeah, like the Titans you know? game. Right, right. Okay. Uh, it, it 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 certainly wouldn't hurt to get this one, especially if you want to win the division. You know. Yeah, uh, if they lose the Bengals, they're not winning right, the North. I mean, right. winning it now is going to be a challenge. Uh, because look, I mean, if you lose to the Bengals in this one, the Bengals are right back in it with you. Yeah. And you're now two and two in the North and kind of your Trump card of, okay, we were two and oh in the North. That's no longer helping you when you're two and two. Right. 
And then it puts a lot of onus to beat them in the second one, you know? Right. So I don't know. I kind of feel like it's a must win, not only just from the implications of a loss being six and five, two and two in the North, but this locker room feels so fragile right now, Dave. I can only imagine what's happening behind the scenes. You lose to the Bengals on the road to their backup quarterback. Do things start to really fracture and crack? I mean, that's almost, I think, as big a reason to win this game as as the actual just benefits of winning the game. Uh, it's Christmas story season, so that, wouldn't that be fragile? <laughs> fragile. Must, <laughs> must be Italian. <laughs> All right, Dave. All right, great show tonight. Really uh, appreciate you guys being out. Great chat. I think some excellent questions overall. I'm sorry we could not get to them all, but thank you for the many super chats. We tried to answer as many questions as possible, but hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, listening to us. You can check out an archive version of this on Steelers Depot in just a little bit. Dave, as always, thank you for being here uh, with us uh, tonight. Uh, I appreciate you handling this. And if uh, you in the chat, if this is the only way that you interact with us, happy Thanksgiving and ha- have a safe holiday. And most of you, I think, listen to us or read the site, uh, listen to the podcast and all. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, thank you for being here tonight. Peace and love. Yeah. For anyone who's not familiar with the site and what we do, maybe you're just brand new, just kind of stumbling in. Check out SteelersDepot.com, daily articles, podcasts that Dave and I do every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the terrible podcast and have a lot of recap and analysis of this game and what's to come this weekend against the Bengals. All right. I want to thank you guys so much for being